0: In the beginning of my grief, I read this quote somewhere and it said something like, when somebody dies, we don't move on, we move forward. And I think I was really confused by that when I first read it, when Francesco first passed away, because I'm like, I don't really see myself ever moving forward. Like how I feel right now, it's so deep, the pain, that I don't really see me going anywhere with this. And I kind of just thought that the quote was a lie. Matter of fact, I don't even think I really entirely knew what it meant. In the first two weeks that Francesco passed, I was very numb. I was just so, especially looking back now, depressed and lost and overwhelmed, anxiety. I had so many people in and out of my house. I loved the company because anything was better than being in my own. I liked hiding behind people because the more they distracted me, the less I really had to face my real reality, which is that Francesco is gone. I will never talk to him again. I will never hug him again, kiss him. That's it. All those years of you know, loving somebody, gone. We don't know why these things happen, but they do. I remember just sitting in my bedroom, stuck in my house, looking outside my window, seeing my neighbors walk by just seeing random people walk on the block, just kind of looking at everybody moving on with their life, like just going on like another day. And in my head, I'm like, time's really going on right now, but my life stopped. Like everybody's continuing on with their life. And that whole idea gave me anxiety because I really didn't know where to go from there. I just felt stuck. I don't think that I, in that moment of time, ever thought that, I was going to even get the strength to leave my house like just my bedroom was kind of like in just my space. My house was all I knew at that time and anything other than my house scared me. I remember one of the first things that my friends offered to do with me was why don't we go to the gym? Everybody knows that I love the gym. It's a place that I like to go Francesco and I would always go. I have just been doing it since I'm younger. It's part of my norm. And when they first asked me, I was kind of like worried about it because I'm like, I don't really know if I can get myself to the gym. I'm just scared to leave my house. There was really no real reason that I couldn't go to the gym besides just feeling like I'm incapable. So when they gave me the push to go, I was like, you know what? Maybe this is going to be a good thing because I love the gym and this pain that I'm feeling from the loss Is so heavy that if something can take it away, if it means going to the gym and feeling happiness for 45 minutes, I'll take it. So when I went to the gym and I walk in, I'm kind of just feeling like, okay, like this is doable. I'm happy. I I could do this. All of a sudden, I kind of look over at the squat machine and start getting flashbacks of Francesco and I. Me squatting and him being a support and just holding the bar and helping me. And he would just always hype me up and say like, you come on, Caitlin, you got this, you got this. And I really just realized standing in the gym now and looking at that same squat rack that I was never going to get that again. And just when I thought that I kind of escaped this nightmare and that nightmare is only in my house, it kind of followed me. The depression, the loss, the pain. And I started to realize like, this is kind of scary because I'm realizing that If it follows me to the gym, that means it's going to follow me everywhere. I don't really know how I'm supposed to live like that. Maybe I'll never be okay again. But I was like, you know what? Let me try to kind of continue with my workout. and Let me just push through this. So now I have people coming up to me. They want to give their condolences. And I really respected that. And when they would talk to me, they would speak so gentle. And... I thought it was really nice because I'm like, I guess, you know, they knew that I was delicate and sensitive and I really appreciated their approach. But when they would walk away from talking to me and go back to work out with their friends, I noticed they had like this really happy, uplifting energy that I didn't get from them. And it's because like when they come up to me, they think sad. And so I started to struggle with this problem where I just felt like I was just a burden on everybody because when everybody sees me, they see like sadness and they feel like they need to match that energy. And I just felt like it wasn't fair for me to be in anyone's presence during that time. And that was a very lonely feeling. But the long story short was that the gym just wasn't my escape at first like I was hoping. So I kind of got discouraged. I was like, I don't know if I really want to go to the gym. And I kind of got stuck in my house again. My mom said to me, she's like, look, like you got you to gotta go out and try. Go out with your friends. Go to dinner. She was like, I don't want you to stop your life. That was always like the one thing, like, don't stop your life. Just keep pushing, keep going. Okay, I'll try. So what do I do? I pick up, I get dressed, and I meet my friends for dinner. My friends are so, so supportive. Everybody really was, but it's just, it's one of those things that nobody really can help you out of. So I get there, I'm in this restaurant, and I'm like, I really don't want to show sadness. I don't want to go to this dinner and bring everybody this energy. Like, I want them to think I'm okay and I just want to be okay. Like if I force myself to say I'm okay, I'll be okay. And right when I thought I was doing good and I was able to kind of hold my own, I was like, you know what? Excuse me, guys. I got to use the bathroom really quick. (sighs) Go to the bathroom. I just start hysterical crying. And I know I could have asked one of my girlfriends, all of them, if I said, hey, guys, I just need to cry. Can you come with me to the bathroom? I know they would come. They're my people, but... I didn't want to show them that. They were all laughing, having fun, having drinks. Like, I gotta stop everybody to take me to the bathroom so I could cry? Just felt like everywhere I was going, like, instead of being like a good thing, I was just like this burden and it hurt me. I didn't really know how to push forward. And again, like I go to this restaurant, I'm thinking I'm gonna find that escape and the depression came there too. Now the gym, the restaurant, where else? It just made me feel like what's the purpose of trying to get up every day and go somewhere new if it follows me. Then there was a point of time where I just figured like, I don't really know what's going to happen to me. Because what I will say is that I can't live like this. Even when I would go out and try again, people would come up to me and say, you know, you're so strong. I can't imagine being you. I can't imagine going through what you've been through. I give you so much credit, and even though I know they mean it, and they can't imagine being me, it's not the best thing to hear. It's like, I know you can't imagine being me. I can't even imagine being me. But it's like, I wish somebody could. Can anyone out there imagine being me so I don't feel so alone? I know everybody means so well, but without people realizing, I feel isolated. And it was really hard. How do you tell people that are trying so hard to make you feel better that they're not? I just felt bad. I had other people saying to me like, don't worry about it, one day you're gonna move on and you're gonna get a new husband and you're gonna get a new boyfriend and everything's gonna be okay. And and I know maybe that's possible, maybe those things are true, but right now I just can't think that far ahead and when you're telling me that I'm gonna move on and everything's gonna be so good, it sounds so easy. But I can't do it right now. I want to hear what what could I do now? I know maybe one day things might be like that, but I'm like suffering, (sighs) and I just felt like nobody can help me, and they couldn't. And that's the tricky thing about grief—you feel like you're you're just like so lost. You also feel that energy from people. It's like this—I don't know how to approach her. Should I say anything? Should I not? And I feel that energy from people around me. And it makes me makes me feel uncomfortable that I'm making people feel uncomfortable. So it's just like this battle of like no matter what you do, you just feel like you're losing. That's how I felt for the first six to eight months of navigating this new world of like going through such pain. It was so hard to just keep pushing. When you feel so purposeless, I hate to say this, but the truth is I did get to a point where... I really wasn't sure if I really wanted to continue suffering in this way. Like the pain of like this loss. Like what happens if I'm stuck like this forever? Like I'm not really sure this is worth living. It's like you hate the universe. You're like, why do you hate me? Why'd you put me through this? Why? Why is everybody else so happy, but I'm just miserable? Why? Just so many questions that you want answered that you just know you'll never get. This world is like a big game. It's like all this anger built up just towards nobody because it's nobody's fault. There was also this one other time that I was like, you know what, tonight's the night. I'm going to go out and I'm going to own this night. It was like right in the middle of the summer in 2022. And I had a really good time. Honestly, like I was like, wow, like I'm escaping. I was drinking. I was with people that like Francesco's friends, my best friends, like I felt so safe. I was like, tonight's the night, like, I'm letting loose. I'm feeling good. I got this. And I was finally in a place of feeling so good. And the night ends and I just lose it. Like screaming, crying, like dizzy, almost wanting to faint, like seeing black. Like I was so sick to my stomach that just acknowledging again, like I will never see Francesco again. Like that pain, like it just all hit me. And just when I finally thought I was having a good night, it's gone. And that's the thing about grief too, it just kind of comes and goes in waves. And that's an uncomfortable feeling to navigate in. One minute I'm fine, the next minute I can't even move. What kind of life is this? Once you lose control over your emotions, you lose control over yourself, then you lose control over your life and you're like, fuck all this. It is rock bottom. But when you hit rock bottom, there's only one way else to go, which is to go up. I had like this breakthrough. You suffer so much, you get to a point where you're so determined to get out. And I remember just saying like, what do I need to do to feel better? What do I need to just catch a break? Like, what can I do to just like kind of get by? And slowly but surely, I started to understand that. A lot of my anxiety was times going to keep going by. Months are going to go by. Years are going to go by. And the more that time goes on, the further it is that I heard Francesco's voice. Like, what does that look like? What kind of life is that? To say, like, 20 years ago, I lost a boyfriend. Like, that's going to be me one day. And that gives me anxiety. I was like, no, like, did I move on then? Am I going to forget? Like, what, what is, what is going on? What's going to happen to me? And that is where, like, all my anxiety was coming from but what I started to really learn was that even though yes Francesco died there's also ways to keep him alive that I could do forever matter of fact I really don't need to do anything because he did it all for me all my morals my values my beliefs this is something that we both taught each other half of me is Francesco and having Francesco was me and we had this beautiful dynamic we, we were like one so every day that I wake up to look in the mirror it's like a part of him is with me he's never gonna leave no matter how much time goes by who I am the person that I'm going to continue waking up every day to be there's always going to be him in me so what am I what am I having so much anxiety about When I used to walk into my bedroom with Francesco, he used to come in and be like, oh my God, this is a mess. Like there's clothes everywhere. So he would start by folding my clothes and organizing my room for me. And I used to tell him, don't worry about it. Just leave it. He's like, babe, you can't live like this. So as the days would go on in the months, and the years, I would kind of just watch him organize things. And I started to slowly want to organize it myself because he taught me that. I remember there was also this one time where I was like, how do I properly fold my clothes to look so nice? Because your drawers look like they're, I'm in Macy's right now. Like, why are my drawers such a mess? And he would sit down with me and he would show me how to put the two sleeves, tuck them in, fold over the top of the shirt. And now I do that all the time. If you go into my room right now, it's spotless. My drawers don't look as good as his, but they look pretty decent. Better than they ever did. He taught me family morals. I remember all the time I used to go to his house and I would go to eat my food and he'd be like, babe, don't touch the food yet. Just leave it there. Wait till my mom and dad and brother, everybody sits down at the table and then we eat together at once. And I used to be like, oh, like that's weird because in my house, it was first come first serve. Foods on a stove. Take as you will. If not, you don't want to eat. No problem. Like we just all ate on our own time. So I was not used to it. And I loved that they would all wait for each other to sit down. Everybody had a fork, everybody had a knife, and we all ate as one. In my future, that's exactly what I'm going to be doing in my household. I don't want it any other way. I want to see my kids sitting down. I want to see them waiting for me to sit down. I'm going to wait for them, and we're all going to eat together because of him. I loved the certain things that he would do, even the little things like, you weren't allowed to have like a hat on at the table. It's disrespectful. If I have a son, his hat is coming off because of Francesco. It's like my kids are going to be a part of Francesco because everything that he taught me, I'm going to teach them. And then he's gonna, they're going to teach their kids. And Francesco is just going to live on forever. In the gym, I remember, like I said in the beginning, I walked into the gym and I was getting these flashbacks of me on the squat machine and just thinking about him hyping me up. Now I go to the gym, everything that he taught me, I'm like my own personal trainer. People come up to me and they're like, hey, can you help teach me this? And it's all because of Francesco. He taught me everything that I ever needed to know in the gym. And all those times that he was hyping me up, come on, babe, give me five more squats. Now I hype myself up. Come on, Kaylin, you got this. Just taught me how to be more confident. He taught me how to look in the mirror and love myself. He used to tell me all the time, babe, you need to do a better job of loving yourself. You're so beautiful. Why do you talk so bad about yourself? And now I really try and do a better job at that because of him. Every time I go to talk shit about myself in that mirror, I literally stop myself because I hear his voice saying, cut it out. If it wasn't for him, I don't really know if I would ever stop doing that. When I go out with my friends, I used to just kind of keep my mouth shut. I didn't want to tell anybody that I was upset because I didn't want to bring people down. But now I'm like, you know what? Like, I want to tell my story. I want my friends to know where I'm at. I want to be more open because now I'm like creating this barrier and I don't want to live like this. I don't need to isolate myself. I'm isolating myself for no reason. They want to know what's wrong with me. Francesco was always so vocal about how he felt. Shouldn't I be then? What makes me any different than him? He taught me how to really open up and talk about my feelings. So why wouldn't I do that now? So now when I go out with my friends and I'm feeling sad and I need a second, I'd be like, hey, guys, like, I'm feeling a little stressed right now. I'm just having a little bit of anxiety. Can you help me? And they do. And now I feel so much more connected. It, like, brought us all together. All those times of feeling like when people come up to me, there's, like, this different energy and they look at me as, like, this sad person. And I feel different. I feel alone. I feel isolated. But then I'm starting to think like, Francesco was always so different. He was the king of being different. He just stood out everywhere he went. So is being different that bad? Because he was different and he was crushing it. What's wrong with being different? It made me powerful. It made me who I am today. It made me see the world so differently. I need to own being different. Because I am I went through something that a lot of people don't at my age and instead of shaming myself for it I own it. It's a part of me. It made me so much stronger and I'm like just built different (sighs) Francesco just taught me to not take life so serious So now when I'm working and I'm making a TikTok, and whatever it is that I'm doing in my career and things aren't going right instead of just being like a workaholic and just stressing about it and I need to get it done right now and I just, hours and hours and hours of just not getting my head out of the paper trying to write, Francesco would be like, come on, like take a break. Enough is enough. Now, when I get stressed, I take a break. You know what, it's not working out right now. Maybe I'll just go to the gym and then I'll try again later. I don't need to stress myself out about this. He just taught me not to take life so serious. At end of the day, like, I'm going to work my whole life just for what? I want to enjoy my life. He was the best at enjoying his life. He loved to just, babe, let's just go for a late night drive, me and you. For no reason. We had nowhere to go. He just wanted to have fun. Every time I'd be like, I feel like I didn't do enough today. And he would just be like, babe, like, you don't always need to have, like, a super duper productive day. You could take a day where maybe you do, like, one or two things. And then go sit by the sunset. Go literally just ride a bike. Like, just get your head out of the game all the time. Look in front of you. Put your phone down. Just be in the moment. And now, again, whenever I go to stress something or I'm just feeling tense, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. And maybe I will go watch the sunset. You know, just to say. And just chill. Watching him suffer the way that he did going from somebody that was so healthy and so energetic and watching him kind of deteriorate from the cancer really put life into perspective for me. Just showed me that life is short and because it's short you got to make the best out of it and you know if it wasn't for him I don't think I would have valued life the way that I do now. So when they say that You need to move on because that was the advice that I was getting through my whole grief journey until to this day. Sometimes people are like, you got it. You're going to move on. Just move on. And I always thought something was wrong with me because I'm like, I can't move on. And it's because people aren't giving us the proper advice. I finally understood what the quote meant when it says, you don't move on. You move forward because we can't move on from somebody that made us who we are. All the memories that we have with the person, all the morals that they taught us, the respect, everything that we have, that we are a part of them, comes with us. We don't move on from somebody that built us, that changed our life. We move forward because we have to, unfortunately. Life goes on. We don't have a choice. But we move forward with them a part of us forever.